Welcome to the Soft Life with Sadie Baddies. Sadie Baddies is the antidote to mental health stigma, and this podcast is hosted by yours truly, Priscilla O. Adjman. We are a virtual sanctuary centering Black and multiracial people, and we prioritize the mental and emotional nourishment that is the foundation of collective healing in our communities. Thank you for being here. Welcome back to the Soft Life Baddies. Happy September. Happy Virgo season. I've been having a very good Virgo season so far, and I hope you have too. Yesterday, actually last night, we just came back from our Google event that we had in New York City. It was beautiful, and there was such a beautiful turnout. I got to meet so many of you in person in real life, and when I just tell you that being in person and having in-person events is the bread and butter of this community. It's the reason why I do this work. It's the reason why you are part of this community. So I'm so grateful that we got to have the opportunity to be in person, um, you know, and just be with our New York fam, our New York community. It was amazing. Our focus for the workshop was about finding soft spaces within and sharing and embracing culturally relevant wellness tools. So everyone really was engaged and took away something amazing from the workshop and was able to personalize their self-care journey. And I really hope to see you at the next one, especially if you're in New York, definitely come out, sign up for our newsletter, follow us on social media so that you will not miss another event. So last week we touched on how to overcome analysis paralysis and overthinking. And the whole point of that episode was to help you break down not having this fear of taking a next step or not feeling stuck so that you're able to move forward and move past some of that indecisiveness. So today we're going to dive into developing a growth mindset and challenging your limiting beliefs. So if you were recently at the workshop that we did with Rare Beauty a couple weeks ago at Envision Festival in New York, you will have probably heard snippets of understanding what limiting beliefs are. So if you've never heard of limiting beliefs or you're not sure what a growth mindset is, this episode is for you because we're still in this reset mode. We're still, you know, it's back to school season. A lot of kids are going back to school, students, college students. Um, a lot of us are starting new jobs, new aspirations in general. So this is a perfect time to do a mental reset as well and really evaluate where you are mentally, how you're feeling emotionally, and how you can take some of that that growth and introspection you might have been doing all summer or all year and apply it. So what is a growth mindset? A lot of you might have already heard of what a growth mindset is, but a growth mindset is a concept that was coined by a psychologist. Her name is Carol Dweck, and she coined the term growth mindset. And it typically refers to the belief that someone's abilities and 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 their capabilities can be developed and improved through effort, learning, and perseverance. This is in contrast to what's known as a fixed mindset where individuals believe that their abilities and static um, circumstances are unchangeable. So somebody with a growth mindset will embrace challenges and look at challenges as an opportunity to grow, essentially. 
just as with any theory or any philosophy, there's always going to be some nuance to it. Sometimes it could be perceived as subjected. And sometimes there's even limitations to these types of theories. However, I do think having a growth mindset has really allowed me to push past certain challenges and not push past it in a sense of just, okay, we're going to grind anyway. We're going to just keep working our asses off and never take breaks. No, no, no. That's not what a growth mindset is about. A growth mindset, especially as, um, you know, someone that wants to practice softness and wants to practice self-compassion, having a growth mindset allows you to embrace your failures and use your mistakes as a platform. Essentially, that's what a growth mindset is about and applying it to your your day-to-day life. So these are some of the characteristics of a growth mindset. There's about six characteristics, and the first one is embracing challenges. So somebody that embraces a growth mindset sees challenges as opportunities to learn and develop your skills. So they're more likely to take on new tasks and push themselves outside of their comfort zone. So if you are somebody that does embrace a growth mindset, you're not going to look at challenges as a reason to stop trying. It's actually going to be a reason for you to embrace them and to look past how you can overcome those challenges. A second characteristic of a growth mindset includes persistence. So someone with a growth mindset is more likely to persevere even in the face of letdowns and setbacks and failures. And they understand that setbacks are just a natural part of your personal growth and your learning process. And People with a growth mindset also do not internalize their failures or decide that their failures are a reflection of their inherent capabilities. So persistence is a key characteristic of having a growth mindset. And the next characteristic is effort. People with a growth mindset tend to believe that putting in effort, like actually trying, putting in that effort to try to pursue their goals can lead to improvement over time. And they understand that in order to be successful or in order to elevate or grow or evolve, that they are going to have to have a sustained, a sustainable amount of effort over time. So this doesn't mean grinding and, you know, making, burning yourself out. We all know that under a capitalist society, we are expected to grind. And instead of, looking at this as, okay, I'm going to just burn myself out. Somebody with a growth mindset that allows themselves to embrace effort within reason, right? We don't want to make ourselves feel terrible by pursuing our goals. That that defeats the whole purpose. The whole point is that someone with a growth mindset understands that things are not going to just fall out of the sky either. And what is worth pursuing, especially over a long period of time, is still going to require a little bit of effort, right? Just like how me sitting here and creating this podcast episode for you requires some effort. I can't just get on the mic and just ramble, right? I need to actually prepare. I need to write my notes. I need to upload. Um, Eddie, our producer, needs to edit and produce the episode. We need to upload it to all platform streams. We need to put it out on uh, Instagram, social media, so and promote that episode. That's all effort. So effort doesn't mean that you can essentially just coast and wish for the best. Effort means that you're going to try and you're going to create a sustainable system that's going to allow you to get somewhere over time. 
Next key characteristic of a growth mindset is learning and improvement. So someone with a growth mindset embraces continuous learning as a core aspect of their lifestyle. And folks that have this type of mindset usually will seek out to acquire new skills. So if you're somebody that is curious, there's always learning, trying to learn new skills. You know, maybe you're someone that likes to sign up for a Google class certificate or you sign up to go to conferences or take courses online or you read a lot of books or listen to podcasts. Someone who has a growth mindset tends to embrace learning and improvement. So if this is sounding like you all of a sudden, you know, for the most part, congratulations, you probably have a growth mindset. And another important aspect of uh, under the learning and improvement umbrella is also being able to receive and take feedback. So feedback is really important in applying our understanding. So, you know, maybe if you're doing a project, or you're launching a business, what you want to do is actually ask the people around you who are experts or people who are really well seasoned in, in your field, hey, what do you think about this? Do you think that this can be um, improved in any way. And they don't, again, because they're not internalizing failure, they're open to feedback. Um, another aspect uh, or characteristic of having a growth mindset is resilience. So, of course, this ties into persistence, but somebody with a growth mindset is someone who is able to bounce back from failures and setbacks effectively. So they're not going to be discouraged by your first challenge. If they see one door closed there, they know another one is going to open up afterwards. And I love people like this. I would say a lot of my friends, a lot of my close friends are resilient people. And, you know, I've, I've had friends who've lost jobs or got laid off or, you know, have dealt with loss and have dealt with different challenges in their life but they have a growth mindset so it allows them to create a soft place to land and similar to an episode that a guest episode that we did one of my favorite guest episodes we've done on the show with Dr. Valencia de la Clay Bell you know our episode was titled the ground can be a pillow and she really talks about how in her life, you know, she hit rock bottom, but through her hitting rock bottom, she realized that the ground was a pillow. The ground was a soft place for her to land because she developed a resilience to failure. She re re developed a resilience to making mistakes, having setbacks, being in her flop era. And I just love that episode so much because it really shows you how embracing your your failures, your mistakes can actually lead you to so much success over time. And now she's actually just got her, um, you know, passed her doctorate's exam, which is amazing. And she's been working so hard at that. So Dr. Valencia, if you're listening, I just want to say shout out to you again, because you really do represent what it means to be resilient and pursue your goals no matter what. And last but not least, part of having a growth mindset is adaptability and so people with a growth mindset are generally just more adaptable and mutable and open to change so they're not super rigid about things they're really open-minded about change they might be the people who are nomadic and you know they're living in a different city once every couple years or every you know they travel a lot or they're changing their hairstyle or whatever it is people with a growth mindset are not afraid to experiment and try new things new approaches and strategies to achieve their goals so again if these six characteristics sound like you that's amazing because you already have a growth mindset if these characteristics do not sound like you or are unfamiliar to you that's okay that doesn't mean that you don't have a growth mindset or you're not 
on your way to having a growth mindset. It just means that maybe there's some space for you to explore and learn more about having a growth mindset. Because if you want to have a little bit more resilience or have a little bit more adaptability or have a little bit more persistence, this is a great episode for you to explore and dive into. So I think I, you know, one thing that's really important to emphasize is that having a growth mindset can be developed and cultivated over time. Like I just said, if this does not sound like you right now, I don't want you to beat yourself up. So if you're starting to beat yourself up, please stop because that is not the point. The whole point of a growth mindset is to look at challenges as opportunities. So by recognizing and challenging your fixed uh, mindset beliefs or, you know, what we'll get into soon, which is limiting beliefs, you can start to adopt more of a growth oriented perspective. And that can help you to be more motivated, improve your learning outcomes, and also just create more resilience when you are dealing with challenges and setbacks. And why I think having a growth mindset overall is important is just also remember that this is not something that is supposed to be done in silos. You're not necessarily meant to grow on your own. And and just like so many of these characteristics involve community or working with other people or talking to other people or networking, it's because when you have a growth mindset, it is not supposed to be just this you project that you're doing by yourself. And also, of course, if you are practicing having a growth mindset, you also need the, the proper resources, right? Time is a major resource. Money is a major resource and network and connections are a major resource too. So without having any, at least if you don't have at least one of those resources, it's going to be very difficult to try to approach this growth mindset. But if you do have at least one of those resources, time, money and connections or a network or community, then you're probably way more on track and, and on the right path to having a growth mindset than you think you are. So let's take a deep dive into limiting beliefs. So what are limiting beliefs? A lot of us have heard this before, but limiting beliefs are comprised of three main factors. Number one is your negative self-perception. Number two is your false assumptions about yourself. And number three is fear and avoidance. So With negative self-perception, this is all about having feelings of inadequacy, self-doubt, low self-esteem, which can prevent us from trying new goals or pursuing new goals. And a lot of times this can stem from, unfortunately, childhood trauma, your upbringing. If you grew up in unsafe environments, you might have a very negative self-perception. You might feel like you are not worthy if you were told and treated like you are unworthy then of course you're going to think that as an adult. There's a reason why so many people who are successful, you know, and they maybe were in all this the sports as kids and they did all these activities, but as adults, they have such low self-esteem. It's because they still internalize this negative self-perception based on their upbringing, based on how they were raised, and also based on the actions and the environments that they were involved in and grew up in as adults as well. So... Negative per- negative self-perception is a huge factor. Number two is false assumptions. Based on false assumptions, basing your whole life on false assumptions is really, it's a slippery slope because having false assumptions or creating generalizations about 
anything that you do is really a way to create this negative loop in this story in your head. So when we say false assumptions or generalizations, we're talking about things that lack actual evidence. So some things may not even be true. If you make comments about yourself or to yourself like, I will never be successful because you failed a test or I will never be successful because you tried something and failed or saying I'm not smart enough or I always fail because you you only you maybe failed at something once or twice. That is making a huge generalization and a false assumption. Just because you fail one time does not mean that you're going to constantly fail over and over and over again. There's no proof of that. There's no evidence of that. And one way to address false assumption is to ask yourself, do I have a proof of concept of this? If you realize that a lot of your limiting beliefs are about your worthiness or you failing or you not being good enough, one way to approach this and address this is to ask yourself, what is the proof? What is the proof of this? If you don't have any proof, it's a moment to take a step back and ask yourself, okay, maybe this might be coming from internalized uh, negativity that I maybe dealt with when I was a kid. Or, you know, you can fast forward and say, maybe I've been consuming too much content about other people and how they're living their lives and not focusing enough on my own. That's why I feel like I'm a failure, right? It's not that you're actually a failure. It's you understanding, okay, I am comparing myself to other people. I'm making false assumptions about where they're at in life based on what I'm perceiving. So that's one way to interrupt the false assumption loop. And of course, last but not least is fear and avoidance. So when you are fueled by fear of failure or rejection or disappointment, it can make us really, really avoidant to risk. So if you are someone that it's kind of like a scaredy cat, <laughs> just in general, just afraid to do anything, afraid to move, afraid to travel, afraid to fall in love, afraid to make friends, afraid, afraid, afraid. That fear and avoidance is a limiting belief. And so when you are letting your life be fueled by this fear, fear of failure, you are preventing opportunities to come to your life. And that's why you might be feeling stuck. That's why you might be feeling like you're not good enough because you have this fear and avoidance that's truly just based in a limiting belief. So now we're going to tap into five common limiting beliefs and how we're going to debunk them. So the first limiting belief is some a phrase that we can hear very often or a phrase that we tell ourselves very often. And we're going to replace every limiting belief with an affirmation. So first limiting belief is I can never get this right. This limiting belief is a very slippery slope because once you've decided and created in your head that you're not going to get something right, it's going to be that much harder to get it right. And what we want to approach this limiting belief and rewrite this narrative is by replacing it with I am learning valuable information from my mistakes. Every time you make a mistake, every time that you screw up on something or mess up, understand that you are still learning something valuable from your mistakes that you make. Second limiting belief that we want to address is, I'm not good enough for this. That limiting belief is also rooted in worthiness and having just a general negative self-perception of yourself. So what we want to do is replace that limiting belief with, I am so worthy and so deserving. When you allow yourself to be receptive to 
positive experiences to be receptive to people in your life that are positive to be receptive to things in your life that are going to uplift you and support you and encourage you to pursue your goals or to create something that you might have been afraid to create that allows you to take more risk and that risk builds confidence over time so replacing that i'm not good enough for this is saying i am so worthy and so deserving and when you start to rewrite these narratives over time remember the whole point of this is to do this over time it's not going to change overnight that is going to help you to change that self-perception and change that negative self-talk the next limiting belief is i am such a mess I hear this all the time. People say, I'm such a mess, I'm such a mess, even if it's jokingly, but be careful. The way you speak to yourself is so important and you really have to be careful the way, the words that you're using to describe yourself. You're calling yourself messy. You're calling yourself stupid. Like one rule of thumb I I always have is no matter how big the fuck up is, no matter how big the mess up is that I've done or created in my life, I will never call myself stupid. I will never call myself dumb. I will never call myself inferior. I will never call myself ugly. Like, I'm going to be looking crazy, but I'm never going to be call myself ugly because those are words that have such heavy weights. And when you start to use that language towards yourself or you start to pick apart the, those uh, yourself in a way that breaks you down, it's very hard to come back up from that so what we want to replace this this limiting belief or this limiting thought is i am evolving learning and growing endlessly and when you actually are pursuing this and you are someone that is growing and evolving and learning endlessly you can lean into it more it becomes more true the more you exist and live by this statement Next limiting belief is also one that's very common, especially for anyone who's internalizing loneliness or internalizing being single or not having companionship or lots of friendship is saying nobody loves me. That is one of the most heartbreaking things that you can say to yourself and about yourself is to say that no one loves you. And instead of looking at that perspective of nobody loves me, nobody cares about me, or maybe you've been disappointed by people in your life. And it's very valid. It's very valid. If you feel like you've been disappointed by the people in your life lately, it's a, you're valid in your feelings for thinking that you're not supported and you're not cared for. However, saying nobody loves me also creates an image and a perception in your head that you're unlovable, which is not true. So What we want to replace this is an affirmation of, I am embodying and attracting the love I deserve and seek. When you embody and you attract the love that you deserve and seek, you are able to see glimpses of opportunities where you can fall into love. And this is not only romantic love. I'm actually not even talking about romantic love specifically. I'm talking about love in general, love for yourself, love for your body, love for your community, love for your your friends. Platonic love is one of the purest forms of love that does not get the spotlight and the attention and the focus and the nurturing it deserves because platonic love is one of the ways that we can really show up for each other as humans in a way that is so pure and so sincere 
And developing friendships, healthy friendships, healthy connections over time is proven to help us to live longer. So, I mean, I don't think we need any more proof to show that having connections and having people in your life that love you and that care about you is good for your mental health, good for your well-being, and helps you to live a more improved quality of life overall. So rewriting that I'm unlovable, no one loves me narrative is huge. And that will actually help you to open your heart up to love. And, you know, funny enough, when I was, um, you know, single years ago and really just kind of frustrating with like dating and how that was going for me, I took a break from dating for months and like almost half the year, I just like completely stopped dating and I made a decision to pour into myself and to love myself and to date myself and understand what it is that I need. What These are some of the things I had to rewrite. Instead of feeling like, okay, I'm not going to ever find a partner that's going to uh, be compatible with me or anything like that. I really wanted to learn how to rewrite that narrative. So I actually rewrote that narrative myself and I, I started to lean into more of I am deserving of love. I'm embodying, I'm attracting the love that I deserve and seek. And I found that when I was able to learn how to open my heart up to love, it was so much easier for me to fall into alignment with what was meant to be this whole time. And I encourage you to, you know, examine your relationship to love and your relationships over time, especially when it comes to Um, our connections to friendships, close friends, romantic partners, and try to see how you are speaking about love and, and, and what kind of language you use to describe love. And last but not least, this is another limiting belief that's very, very common and really highlights, you know, sometimes our feelings of isolation or loneliness and that affirm that limiting belief is I don't belong here and that that one hits home because saying to yourself I don't belong here you know sometimes we do show up in spaces that we don't feel welcome and that's valid and that's fair but sometimes it's because we are judging ourselves so we think that other people are judging us whereas you might walk into a room and feel like I don't belong here but everyone's like wow you're beautiful. You have a glow about you. You have great energy. You have a great aura. You smell good. Like you never know what people are actually thinking when you take up space. And so rewriting that limiting belief from I don't belong here to I am allowed to take up space. The more you say that to yourself, I get I really have found this to be super useful, especially when I'm going into social settings and I might feel a little bit awkward or I'm feeling socially anxious. I just remind myself quietly, I'm allowed to take up space. I'm allowed to be here. And that that really starts to address some of that imposter syndrome that you might be feeling or dealing with when you tell yourself that you do belong there and you are capable of taking up space. And again, you are deserving and worthy of taking up that space. So now that we've taken time to kind of rewrite some of these common limiting beliefs, Lastly, I want to touch on how we can confront these on a daily, on a regular practice day to day. So one major way that I deal with or address limiting beliefs, because they don't just go away or disappear, they kind of fall into the background over time. 
and after doing a lot of work, <laughs> like a lot of work, but reflecting and journaling is one way that I have learned how to increase my self-awareness, um, reflecting, being self-aware, being mindful, being present and exploring where these beliefs stem from. So a lot of those really, really core limiting beliefs, again, will probably stem from maybe your childhood or your upbringing or where you grew up. And so practicing this and practicing, again, shadow work can really help us to unpack. And this is honestly learning what your limiting beliefs are. It's all shadow work. That's literally that's what shadow work is. It's going deeper and deeper and deeper into why you are, you know, dealing with these uh, setbacks mentally, emotionally, spiritually. And it can really help you to unpack some of that. Again, shadow work was one of the key components of my healing journey. And I didn't even know what I was doing. I didn't know it had a name. I just felt like I was just really in my bag. I was really in my head. And, you know, this was also a time I was very introspective. It was a few years before I had started Sadie Baddie. So I was very much just super private, super just low key and just doing shadow work and addressing my limiting beliefs and Eventually, after a couple years, I realized how how important that period of time was for me. Um, second way to start really confronting your limiting beliefs is remembering who you are. Remembering who you are at your core at the end of the day. Focusing on your po- the positive aspects of who you are. Staying connected to people and environments that accept support and uplift you is so important that's also part of remembering who you are and of course redefining and creating your value and belief system sometimes when we grow up say if you grew up in a really religious household but that's not really what you believe or identify or resonate with anymore it's time for you to start redefining what your value system are is it's time for you to start redefining what your your belief system is that is not dependent on maybe what your parents passed down to you or if it's not relevant or doesn't resonate with you anymore. And I really encourage you to take time to explore what your values are. There's so many ways to do this. A lot of it is intuitively based and intuition based. But what you could literally do is find what different values are and pick the ones, pick maybe four or five that really stick out the most to you and create practices that are rooted in those values so remembering who you are is always going to help you to confront limiting beliefs taking taking documentation documenting the mo the moments that you feel most like yourself and referring to those moments often over and over again sometimes when i'm having limiting beliefs or i'm having like ruminating thoughts or i'm in this negative self-talk spiral i will literally go into my photo album i'll go through my favorites folder i have a folder in my phone of just really sweet words and really encouraging words and messages from my loved ones, from my friends and people that I know really do care and support me. And I'll go back and read those things because sometimes you do need that reminder of remembering who you are and remembering that you deserve to take up space. And last but not least, confronting your limiting beliefs. Sometimes it's because we're trying to take on too much at one time, but taking baby steps with goal setting is so important. That's really what's going to help you to start off with doing one scary thing until you build the confidence to do the real scary shit, taking your time. So maybe you want to start a business. Maybe you are like, okay, it's finally time for me to start this business. I don't know where to start. If you try to do your website marketing, 
advertising, sales, all in one day, of course you're going to feel like you're not good enough. Of course you're not you're going to feel like you're unworthy. Taking baby steps and breaking down your goals into small tangible goals. So maybe what you do is you create a 30-day plan. You know, week 1 you're focusing on building out your website. Week 2 you're finalizing um, you know, your marketing strategy. Week 3 you're boosting up your sales strategy, you're, you know, getting people that can help you promote your product, whatever it is, creating tangible goals that over time are going to help you instead of just bombarding yourself to attack all of these goals at once is really what's going to encourage you and help you to build that confidence. Because as we know, confidence is a muscle. It's not just something that grows overnight. It really is something that we have to take. We have to nurture that muscle and, and, flex it and by taking baby steps that's how we develop the confidence to take risks so i want you to remember that limiting beliefs don't just go away they you know think of it like a stage when you are dealing with your limiting beliefs maybe your limiting beliefs are the main characters of the play maybe they're your limiting beliefs whatever they might be for you they could be the things that just take up too much time they're just taking up too much energy practicing addressing your limiting beliefs and developing a growth mindset means that your limiting beliefs instead of being center stage maybe they're in the back back seat maybe they're in their nosebleeds now right like they're not even center stage they're not in the front row anymore and when we learn how to develop a growth mindset we can learn how to push those limiting beliefs further and further away so that they're not making decisions for us anymore and that's the whole point is that we want to basically decenter the limiting beliefs and replace them with positive growth mindset so that we can feel more empowered and not feel like we are not capable of achieving our goals or feeling and unworthy and of course when we have mental health issues like depression when we have mental health issues like anxiety or other mental health you know issues that can really distort the way that we see ourselves that's the that's the issue is that these mental health issues distort and create like a filter of how we truly see ourselves so that's why it's so crucial to have a support system and it's also so crucial to have therapeutic services that can allow you to first of all not only talk about these feelings but really have someone else that can help you see yourself because when you are the person that's feeling this way it's really hard to feel empowered embodied but when you do have that support you can have someone that can truly be there for you or a support system that's there for you to remind you wait i think that this might be a sign that you are going through a hard time again with depression or maybe these are anxious thoughts that you're dealing with and that's why it's so when you can have that accountability and you can have that support it can help you can make the distinction between you versus what you are you know uh, dealing with or going through that's distorting who you are at your core and of course like i said before we live in a society where it's really hard to put it's really hard to pursue our goals sometimes depending on what our upbringing is and depending on how we grew up and so i say this as someone who did not grow up wealthy i did not grow up with you know a bunch of you know all of these super what would what would have been very useful resources growing up you know i think i had a pretty 
a pretty, uh, you know, overall stable upbringing. However, there were, of course, things that I could have used as a kid that would have helped me to get further in life than what I than what I had, you know. So it's just important to remember that when you do have um, those resources, it can help you to kind of separate um, what's you versus what you're seeing yourself as. And just remember to practice compassion, awareness, and accountability as you're approaching this as this growth mindset and trying to shift this self-talk. So I really hope that this episode helped you. And, you know, as you're exploring having a growth mindset and challenging your limiting beliefs, let me know how this, how you try this. Um, if you do try this this week or try to rewrite some of those limiting beliefs, let me know. And can't wait to hear from you soon. And of course, check out our self-care guide, My Journey to Self-Love, which is available on our website. It is our digital self-care guide and has over 60 pages of content and designed to be completed in eight weeks and so many of you have already tried and bought and have been using the guide and I'm so excited to see how this guides you on your self-care journey and stay soft introducing Saudi baddie's very first product my journey to self-love the ultimate self-care guide by Saudi baddies your transformational self-care journey starts right here We've created the ultimate self-care guide just for you with over 60 pages designed to help you discover wellness routines and practices that actually fit your fast-paced lifestyle. Designed to be completed within eight weeks, this self-care guide encourages you to take simple, practical steps through introspection and awareness to deepen your self-discovery and healing journey. To stay connected, join Sadie Baddies on Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter, and more, and sign up for our monthly newsletter on sadiebaddies.com to stay in the loop. Sending you hella love and stay soft, baddie.